Welcome to the Trucking Market Update on the State of Freight Podcast, brought to you by FTR, where we share timely transportation intelligence with you on a weekly basis. The Trucking Market Update is hosted by FTR's Vice President of Trucking, Avery Weiss. As Avery presents the information in the podcast, you can follow along and review the graphs and indicators by downloading the PDF or PowerPoint of the presentation from our podcast landing page. A link to the PDF and PowerPoint is available now at www.ftrintel.com podcast. From there, you can also find past episodes and downloads for the Trucking Market Update, as well as the weekly rail market update with Todd Tronowski and much more. That link again is www.ftrintel.com podcast. Welcome to FTR's weekly Trucking Market Update. I'm Avery Weiss, Vice President of Trucking. This is episode 65 for the week of May 25th, 2020. Before we start, a reminder that you can download a PDF with graphics related to this discussion at www.ftrintel.com podcast. You can also download a PowerPoint presentation that includes images of those same charts you can use in your own presentations. So until I sat down to think through this podcast, it had not occurred to me that I have more positive, or at least encouraging, things to talk about this week than truly negative ones. I mean, it's all relative, right? Nothing is that good right now, but we'll take it where we can get it. Let's jump in with uh, discussing the uh, spot market for the week ended May 22nd, which was week 20. Although spot market volumes have risen for five straight weeks, we are still seeing sort of a stair-step progression with weekly growth alternating between increases of 10% or less and jumps of more than 20%. During the latest week, total truck spot market load availability in the truckstop.com system was up 10.1% over the prior week, which had jumped nearly 27% over the week before that. Rates, on the other hand, saw their largest increase in the four weeks since they began reversing the big drop in April. The total broker posted rate per mile, excluding fuel surcharges, increased $0.09. Rates were up in all three key segments, dry van, refrigerated, and flatbed. Dry van and flatbed rates were up $0.09.10 respectively, both a high for those segments during the period. Refrigerated rates were up nearly 12 cents, but the increases in weeks 17 and 18 were even stronger than that. Refrigerated rates are still about 9 cents below the five-year average for week 20, but they are about 22 cents above the rates in the same 2019 week. Drive-in rates remain nearly 25 cents below the five-year average, but are roughly the same as last year's rates for the week. Flatbed rates are about 37 cents below the five-year average and about 22 cents below last year. On the plus side, though, flatbed rates are nearly 20 cents over, uh, or up nearly 20 cents over the past four weeks. Volumes were about 82% of the five-year average for week 20 and about 92% of the volume for the same week last year. Loads still have a long way to go to recover fully, but the market certainly has made considerable progress. Consider that at the bottom six weeks ago, total load volume was just 43% of the five-year average and 39% of 2019. The growth in dry van loads has been more consistent than it has been in the other segments since it bottomed out five weeks ago. The week-over-week increase in week 20 was about 17%, which is down from nearly 24% in week 
19, but roughly in line with the increases in weeks 17 and 18. Dry van volumes have recovered to about 86% of the five-year average for week 20 and to about 97% of the same 2019 week. Refrigerated load postings increased nearly 8% in week 20 after rising more than 14% in the week before. The segment's strongest growth during the recovery was in the first two weeks, week 16 and 17, when refrigerated loads jumped 33% and then 38%. Refrigerated volumes are roughly in line with the five-year average and about 12% higher than loads in the same week last year. Flatbed loads were up about 8% after week 19's 35% increase. Although flatbed volumes have recovered to only about 75% of the five-year average, they are at 90% of last year's comparable volumes. Also, flatbed has made considerable progress since hitting bottom in week 15. At that point, flatbed loads were just 32% of the five-year average and 28% of last year's volumes. Although all segments have recovered reasonably well prior to, or compared to prior years, those comparisons are about to get far more challenging because June historically is the strongest month for the spot market. Natural spot demand likely will be weaker in June than in June of recent years because of the pandemic. Although a big part of market's strength in June is produce. And that's likely going to be largely unaffected by what's left of COVID-related restrictions in June. However, there's another factor to consider. One of the reasons load volumes and rates typically are stronger in June is that the Commercial Vehicle Safety Alliance's International Road Check Inspection Spree, which traditionally occurs in early June, has proven to be highly disruptive for freight transportation resulting both in higher spot loads and lower spot capacity. This year, International Road Check would have been held in early May, so the spot market would have experienced that artificial boost in early May instead of early June anyway. However, the entire event was canceled uh, this year because of the pandemic. Before we move on, I want to throw out a reminder that the COVID-19 Truck Freight Recovery Index which tracks the same underlying load volume data that I've been discussing, but does so in a more granular level because it's updated each weekday, um, is available on our website at www.ftrintel.com coronavirus. Okay, moving on to petroleum and fuel. One of the odd things this week uh, is that one thing that we've relied on all year to be continually better at least in terms of the cost side of the equation, no longer is the case. After 19 straight weeks of lower diesel prices, the national average price for the week ended May 25th was up nearly half a cent to $2.40 a gallon. Over the 19 consecutive weeks of falling prices, diesel prices have dropped 90, or 69% a gallon, or nearly 23%. On the crude side, we definitely have seen affirming uh, at above uh, $30 a barrel for West Texas Intermediate uh, crude. And uh, we don't see 
necessarily any strong upward movement, uh, but it does suggest that there's probably a floor on diesel prices. Okay, moving on. I typically have an order to how I talk about things in this podcast. And generally, that it's that I'll talk about the weekly stuff first and then the monthly indicators. Well, I'm frankly tired of talking all about bad economic news. So this week, I'm going to just get the worst out of the way and move on to other things that might not be good exactly, but at least it's mixed and um, at worst, and, and it's encouraging at best if you want to be optimistic. So let's start with the bad news. Total orders for durable manufactured goods plunged more than 17% in April from March, which itself was down nearly 17% from February. Those are the second and third largest declines on record. However, total durable goods orders are skewed by big movements in commercial airliner orders. And those orders were negative in both March and April. And by negative, I mean that the actual dollar value for aircraft orders literally was a negative number, which isn't unprecedented. It happened a few times during the Great Recession, but it is pretty rare. In addition to horrible aircraft order uh, situation, orders for motor vehicles and parts plunged more than 50% from March. So the entire category of transportation equipment was down about 47%. So if we exclude transportation equipment, and that's done routinely by the Census Bureau in its reporting, durable goods orders fell 7.4%, which is bad enough and is actually the third largest decline on record for durable goods orders excluding transportation. We also have some bad news related to the housing market, but there's some not so bad news there as well, and so we'll deal with all of that together. So from this point on, there's at least something we can find encouraging in the numbers. Okay, let's talk about unemployment. The U.S. Labor Department's weekly unemployment claims report finally yielded some legitimately good news. For the week ended May 16th, continued claims for unemployment benefits fell by nearly 4 million from the week before to just over 21 million. It was the first decline in seasonally adjusted continued claims since the crisis began, although unadjusted claims did fall once a couple of weeks earlier. The continued claims report, which lags initial claims data by a week, suggests that the number of people returning to work finally is outpacing the number of people joining the ranks of the newly unemployed. We would presume the number of continued claims will keep falling as the economy continues to reopen. The bad news, though, is that millions of Americans continue to file new claims for unemployment benefits. The Labor Department reported that 2.1 million initial claims for unemployment insurance benefits on a seasonally adjusted basis were filed for the week ended May 23rd. Initial claims continue to taper off, but they remain extraordinarily high 10 weeks into the crisis. Before the crisis, weekly claims typically were in the low 200,000s, so we surely won't see that sort of environment for a long time. Even during the worst of the Great Recession, initial unemployment claims never exceeded 670,000. The latest figures bring totally, total seasonally adjusted claims over the past 10 weeks to more than 40 million. 
As we have noted before, the enormity of these numbers mean that seasonal adjustments make a difference. The actual number of initial claims since the week ended March 14th is about 3.5 million lower than the seasonally adjusted figure. Finally, let's talk about the housing market. First, the bad news I mentioned earlier. Sales of existing homes dropped 17.8% in April, according to the National Association of Realtors. The annualized rate of sales is lowest since January 2010, and the percentage drop is the largest since that same month. On the other hand, sales of new single-family homes were up 0.6%, according to preliminary figures from the Census Bureau. I believe this is the only economic indicator that actually improved from March to April, albeit only slightly. Of course, every silver cloud has a dark lining, and the one in this case is that March sales were revised downward, and that meant that the April annualized sales rate is actually 0.6% below the figure that the Census Bureau initially reported for March a month ago. But overall, we'll take what we can get, and a 0.6% over a revised figure is still uh, a, an increase. One reason that home sales have held up is attractive financing terms. The lowest rate ever on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage had been 3.23% at the end of April. However, on May 28th, Freddie Mac reported a new record low rate, 3.15%. With the U.S. emerging from lockdown, we could see a home buying spree that eventually would help residential construction also recover much of the strength we saw just before the crisis. Okay, so that's it for the week. Let's recap. Spot market load volumes and rates were higher. Diesel prices were higher, although only slightly, for the first time this year. Crude prices appear to have stabilized above $30 a barrel. Durable goods orders, excluding transportation, suffered their third largest drop ever in April. The number of people receiving unemployment benefits finally is falling. The number of people still applying for unemployment, however, remains very high. Sales of existing single-family homes fell about 18% in April. Sales of new single-family homes ticked up slightly, and mortgage rates fell to a new all-time low. So that's it for FTR's Trucking Market Update, episode 65 for the week of May 25th, 2020. As always, you can download PDF and PowerPoint files accompanying this discussion at www.ftrintel.com podcast. Thanks for listening, stay safe, and we hope you will join us next week. for this week's Trucking Market Update on the State of Freight podcast. You can find more publicly available State of Freight content and download the PDF and PowerPoint of today's presentation by going to www.ftrintel.com podcast. FTR is the leader in freight transportation forecasting in North America, providing consistently reliable reports for trucking, rail, and intermodal transportation, as well as providing demand analysis for commercial vehicle and rail car. For more information about the work of FTR, visit www.ftrintel.com or call us at 888-988-1699 to find out which publications will best support your business.